Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. Welcome back to this mini series, which is looking at how we're all being affected by the coronavirus pandemic, the lockdown and all that goes with it. One group of people that I keep thinking about through all of this is pregnant women and new mums. Lockdown and social distancing is presenting a huge challenge for many of us, but for women who are currently pregnant, the effect feels particularly big. NHS trusts have had to change protocol and depending on where you live, you might be finding that you have to attend scans and antenatal appointments on your own, which is a huge deal when you're already potentially in a vulnerable place. When it comes to giving birth, some trusts have stopped all home births. Some are only allowing partners to attend the birth when you're in active labour and some are asking the birth partner to leave very soon after the birth. And it's all been done obviously with safety in mind, but it's removing a level of emotional and practical support that many women rely on. For new mums, social distancing can make an already emotionally isolating time even harder, at a point when many need that village to rally around them and help them through the postnatal period. At the moment, it's just not possible. So my guest on this episode is well-placed to talk about all of this. Mars Lord is a doula who supports women through pregnancy, birth and the postnatal period. She's continuing her work, albeit remotely, through lockdown and has some great advice and comforting words for you if you're pregnant or have recently given birth. Mars, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So you're a mum and a grandmother, aren't you? I am. How has your experience been of this coronavirus lockdown so far? Well, on a personal level, it really sucks. But it sucks because my grandbaby is now seven months and I've missed a month of his growing and he can roll over and bite his toes and he's starting to eat other foods and things. But I managed to um, see him on video chats every day and sing him his lullaby. So he's not going to forget his nonna anytime too soon. It's not the same though, is it? And it's, you know, like when you put it like that in terms of he's seven months old and you've missed a month of that, it's like a big, big kind of 
part of his life, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, I'm. I think we're fortunate that we live in an age of multi-technology. So yeah. you know, so I'm getting the videos, the phone calls, and the photographs, etc. But it's not the same as you know, sinking your your nonna teeth into one of those fat oh. thighs. But- <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely isn't. I mean, I know that my my mum is. Uh, we were supposed to go and visit her over Easter up in Scotland, and. You know, I'm sending her the videos. I'm sending her a little, you know, one of my 18-month-old twins just babbling away and chatting. And, you know, it, I think it really does, you know, it does help. It does make a difference. But it's not the same as being there and being able to squeeze them and cuddle them, is it? No, not the same at all. But, you know, I'm giving thanks that, that everyone is healthy. Yes. Because we've had a couple of scares in um, other members of my family, but they've all recovered nicely. So... Whilst I grumble about not seeing that fat little baby, I'm very grateful for the fact that um, I I will be able to see him soon, and as will the rest of the family. Absolutely. It's such a weird kind of um, mix of emotions, isn't it? That kind of feeling of being so grateful that everyone around you is kind of doing okay and that you are safe and secure. And on the flip side of that dealing with all these emotions, missing people, and it's it's tricky, isn't it? It's complex. It is indeed. And so I think, you know, the other experience that I'm having of it is doing a lot more virtual support and actually finding that I'm I'm sort of working more than I was when I was doing the face-to-face because I'm answering emails and phone calls and, you know, just talking to people to just... People need reassurance. I mean, when we're pregnant, we need the reassurance anyway. When we've just had a baby, we need the reassurance. So it's more of the same. Absolutely. It's such a vulnerable time anyway, isn't it? Yes. So just to explain, um, you work as a doula. I do. And in case the listener isn't quite sure what a doula is, maybe, you know, they've heard the word, but they're not entirely sure what it is. Can you explain? So a doula, in the the quickest way to explain, because I'm not the best at quick explanations, is a professional birth companion. So your doula is someone who supports you through your journey, through your pregnancy, through labour and birth and post-birth. They're not there to advise you, but to remind you that you have um, options and choices to help you work through to informed consent, to point you, signpost you towards good and accurate and up-to-date information and um i like to say it's kind of like having your mother without the politics (laughs) i love that description (laughs) (laughs) it's just someone who's there completely for you you know but without the i told you so yes and (laughs) the raised eyebrows and the push-up lips yeah (laughs) Which, to be fair to mums, are not all like that. But there is definitely, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can uh, recognise a bit of truth in that. Oh, well, as as a nonna now, I'm um, realising that I have a choice. I can bite my lip when I think my daughter's doing something daft. Or I can just, um, you know ruin things by saying well you know I wouldn't do it that way particularly not as a professional doula but well exactly you you know you've got you've got the two different angles there but I I imagine this is going slightly off topic here but I imagine that um you know you've had to learn a whole new skill set being a grandmother because it is totally different to being a mum isn't it oh totally I've got to learn to um be my daughter's mother 
and let my daughter be the mother of her child. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, I get to say, oh, I don't care about that. This is my grandbaby. I'll do what I like. (laughs) (laughs) So you can be the one to be giving him like sugary treats and snacks and, you know, all of those things that you would never have done with your own kids. Absolutely. And I am looking forward to every moment of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I imagine, um, well, I know that a lot of the work that you do is kind of, it's face-to-face. It's that face-to-face support that you are giving pregnant women. So how is all of this changing the way that you're working and the support that you're giving pregnant women? I'm spending more time on the phone. I'm spending more time on FaceTime, etc. I've had two clients give birth since uh, lockdown and um both times we'd done everything necessary to get me the permission to go into the hospitals and on the day things changed and so I wasn't allowed in the hospital but both of them had really good births probably not the births that they would have planned and and hoped for but they had informed consent I was on the end of the line I was on FaceTime the whole time they needed me whenever they had to make decisions and they weren't sure what their choices were they called or if they weren't sure if their choice was a good one or a bad one they'd call and we'd talk about why they felt the way they felt so that um in fact I had a lovely compliment for well from both of them but this particular compliment is I like because it's what I tell the doulas that I train and she said I am your living testimony that 90% of your work is done before the birthing day. She said, because I don't think we would have had the experience that we had, despite you not being there, if you hadn't have prepared us so well beforehand. So that was a, that was really nice. And I I get my updates from them and I'm able to support them postnatally again, virtually because of social distancing, etc. and keeping everybody safe. So it's lots of telephone calls, lots of text messages, FaceTime, you know, and it's nice. I mean, obviously I prefer seeing people face to face, but it's nice being able to connect with people, Instagram, Facebook messages, you know, I'm quite happy to answer them. This must be a really tough time for pregnant women. Like we were saying, you're vulnerable anyway. Um, but all of this has totally changed the way that women are experiencing pregnancy, hasn't it? In terms of, this, you know, even having partners coming along to scans and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, my hope is that what people are recognising and realising as they're going through pregnancy and birth is the importance of um, the education that they get knowing their their rights and knowing just how important it is when you when you are supporting someone else when you are coming around someone else the difference it makes to walk a journey alone and to walk with someone who's walking beside you yeah you know and I think it it will change things my hope my my hope my fear is that the people who were slipping through the cracks before will will continue to do so. So I hope that all of the people who are beginning to experience what it is to walk this journey alone can turn a kinder eye and uh, maybe an e- even a more campaigning eye towards the marginalised and the vulnerable, who are the mm. ones that don't do well 
when everything is set up and everyone is around them. Yeah. Well, well, this is it, isn't it? Because, you know, that there's a lot of talk about how, you know, black women or women from underprivileged backgrounds, they already face massive issues with bias from healthcare workers and there's a higher mortality rate. Um, and there's real issues with, you know, them being listened to. So all of that must be amplified by all of this happening. Yeah, sadly it is. I'm already getting the calls and the the emails and the stories from people about the things that are happening to them. And it's not because people go out to do harm, but the system isn't set up to be equitable for all. It just isn't, mm. you know. And so... I say to everyone, you know, if you see something, do speak out against it, because the more our voices join together, the better these things will be. But so I continue the work that I do. So as well as being a doula, I'm a birth activist and I continue to talk about these things wherever I can to ensure that the conversation keeps going so that if it changes the birth experience for one person somewhere, if it changes the way of working for one practitioner somewhere, then I know that you know, things are changing and things are improving. And I mean, there's there's a lot of evidence, isn't there, to show that the support that a mum gets during her pregnancy and labour can really reduce the risk of traumatic birth experiences and, you know, mental health issues. Of course. What effect do you think that this will be having on, you know, the long-term mental health of women? So I think um, my, I think, one of the things that I've said from the beginning is that I fear for the mental health of people that have come out of a birth experience where they've been alone. So, for example, that same um, client of mine that gave birth just recently that said, you know, my preparation really made things good for her. When we spoke after the birth, she cried for half an hour because she felt abandoned Mm. and she knew why and she understood why, but it didn't stop her from feeling a sense of overwhelming abandonment because her partner wasn't allowed in until she was um, in established labour. Her mother couldn't come to see her. I couldn't be with her. She just felt completely alone and I spent a long time on the phone and on FaceTime that day, just listening to her. That was was hard because I'm quite tactile. So normally I just pull them all into my bosom, the ones that let me anyway, (laughs) and, you know, and hold them tight whilst they cry. So I think Mm. what we need to do is we need to start to put in place things for our mental health support. And if you're listening to this and you're a, a pregnant person at the moment and you're moving closer to birthing your child or your children, then I would really put in place a postnatal plan. What are you going to have around you to support you in this time? You know, are you going to have the the social distancing, someone just at the uh, end of the window who has dropped some food and some nourishing things onto your doorstep? Who are the people that you are wanting to call you on the regular and when I say people that are going to call you on the regular I don't just mean family I mean friends who actually just get you and get you without the family dynamics someone that will just phone or text each day just to say how are you doing and if you are a family member or a friend of someone that's birthing or about to birth or has just had a baby 
practice the art of listening, not listening to answer, not listening to suggest, not listening to change, but simply listening. Because I think we find this in everything in life with, with mental health, with baby loss, with, with everything. What the person needs is someone who will just listen. Yeah. We chatted um, a couple of months ago um, and I remember you telling me that when you had, I think it's when you had the, your twins, mm. friends and family set up a meal train yes. and delivered food to you and everybody had a, a set day that they were delivering food to you. Um, and that's the kind of thing that can still happen. You know, there, there's so many things that can't happen now yes but that is the kind of thing that absolutely food can be just being dropped off at your doorstep yes in fact uh, pre uh, coronavirus i've always suggested to people that the best thing you can do for someone that's just had a baby is drop a meal off on the doorstep i know that everyone's like oh but i want to see the baby i want to hold the baby but actually the best thing you can do is drop the meal off preferably in them um, disposable things so that the parents can throw Yes. Throw that stuff away and not have mountains of washing up to do. But drop drop it on their doorstep with, you know, a card or a note. And then when the time is right, this is pre-corona, but especially now mid-corona, when the time is right, the door will be opened again and you'll be able to go in and see them. But the the baby is being cared for by the parents and the healthcare professionals are keeping an eye on what's going on with the the parents and the baby but you as family and friend should really keep an eye on that soul that's just given birth yeah you know and think of different ways that you can nourish them everything is deliverable these days but you know if you are close enough drop something off at the door and give them a quick call and if they're there give them a wave through the window so that they can see you yeah Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, th- th- this isn't necessarily applicable during coronavirus, but tell me, um, last time I spoke to you, you told me this wonderful story about two friends of yours who oh, turned uh, up. Oh, yes. Tell, just retell that story because it, it was just, it's just so wonderful. It really made me smile. So I'd, I'd given birth to my twins and I already had three older children and somehow in my brain I thought having twins would be easy having had older children. But anyway, they were at school, the big three. And um, the door went and I, I remember thinking, oh, go away. I'm so tired. I don't have time for people. And I opened the door 
and uh, my cousin-in-law and another friend just were there and I noticed that they had buckets and yellow gloves and I looked at them and they said yeah we're not interested in you and we're not interested in the babies we've come to clean your kitchen and bathroom <laughs> and they came in and they cleaned the kitchen and the bathroom and I was I remember being in my rocking chair with these babies absolutely exhausted just smiling because I could hear the laughter and the chatting in the other room and I, it made me feel connected and then all of a sudden um a head popped around the door said right we're off now you might want to turn the oven off in 45 minutes we've put some food in and then they were gone I mean that's just amazing isn't it that's exactly what you need as a new mom yeah. isn't it well my twins are 16 now you know almost <laughs> 16 and a half and it is still the thing that I remember with the most clarity in my life and I remain eternally grateful to those women for that day because they came in and they just they did for me and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to parade my babies. I didn't have to talk. I didn't have to tell my birth story or anything. They just came in, they did, and then they left. And that's the thing, isn't it? Is it so often when people come to visit you, I mean, as lovely as it is to have, you know, um, you know, a friendly face come and see you when you're in that kind of postnatal period, actually, sometimes it can just feel like you, you, you kind of almost automatically go into hostess mode don't you where you're like do you want a cup of tea and oh I'll get the biscuits out and it can be kind of exhausting and quite often those people they're there this sounds terrible but quite often they're there for selfish reasons they're there yeah. because they want to meet the baby or the babies yeah. and they're not necessarily there to scoop you up and look after you absolutely I mean when I go to see to see my daughter I'm not interested in my daughter <laughs> I've had her for over 20 years it's it's this little fat thing that interests me in fact my daughter gave birth in my house in a pool in wow. the lounge and um, I remember her midwife said to me are you going to be uh, nonna or doula and then she looked at me and said oh I know you Mars you're going to be both I said yeah I'm going to be both and um, <laughs> so it I just called on all my doula skills to sit back and let the birth unfold and go forward as she needed me to. But, you know, when the baby was born, I'm there, and the hardest thing was not sort of snatching him away and, <laughs> and telling my daughter and her partner that, thanks for coming. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, am I right in thinking, though, that... Um, that everyone so everyone who's pregnant who's listening their experience is potentially very different that nhs trusts are basically deciding how to follow the the official advice and that the antenatal care could vary yes. massively depending on on where someone lives yes and i think it's important that you um check out the uh, Royal College of Obstetrics and Gynaecologies or ARCOG to find out what their information is saying. Um, you can get lots of links actually at, at birthrights.org.uk um, and if you click in, they've got, they've got up-to-date information, general information from the NHS, um, the ARCOG advice and the Royal College of Midwives and the Royal College of Pediatricians and Children's Health, etc. So they've got information on their website that you can access easily. Um, what's hopeful is that each day I'm beginning to learn about another hospital trust 
that has put home birth back on the table. Yeah. But of course, as as we come through this season of uh, coronavirus, you know, things will change from day to day. So it's really important that you get in touch with your um, head of midwifery, the director of, of midwives, etc., at your hospital. Don't just talk to your actual midwife or the midwife that's on the end of the phone. Get in touch with the the head of midwifery and you can find their contact details on their website and ask them what the current advice is because it takes a while to filter down to the floor. So, you know, I was listening to the story of a woman up in Birmingham who, when she arrived at the hospital, was wearing her face mask and was told she wouldn't be allowed into the hospital with the face mask on. And that caused her a lot of grief and trauma. And by the time she spoke to her, she spoke to her consultant because she'd gone in for a consultant appointment. The consultant didn't know about it. The midwife there didn't know about it. So they sent off another midwife who found who went and found the information and information had changed just that day. Wow. So it's important that you go to the head of midwifery to find out information about what's going on in your local hospital and your trust because your hospital might be next door or not far from another one, but you're in two separate trusts and they both have different ways of following the COVID-19 guidelines. Yeah. Um, And I, I speak to a lot of pregnant women and a recurring theme is quite often that women feel that, um, during their pregnancy, um, they want to perhaps give birth in a certain way and they're told for whatever reason by the consultant, no, that's not possible. Mm. And um, I've spoken to quite a few women who have, you know, uh, put in complaints and questioned things. Mm. And I've also spoken to a lot of women who felt that they, that, that they wished they'd done that, that they didn't realise that they could, that they kind of accepted what, what they were being told by this medical professional mm. and ended up not necessarily having the birth they wanted. And it kind of feels like at the moment there is even more scope for that happening. So if someone's listening and they feel that what they're being told or offered, that they're not happy with it, and they won't necessarily be able to change everything, mm. understandably, but what what could they do to try and get some kind of control or more information or more knowledge? So I mentioned birthrights.org.uk and also there's aims, aims.org.uk and they talk to you a lot about your rights and the things um, that you can ask for and have even at this time. Um, and if you look on the birthrights website they'll tell you that all women have the right all people have the right to a safe and positive childbirth experience whether or not they have a confirmed covid infection they have the right to respect and dignity companion of choice clear communication by maternity staff pain relief strategies mobility in labor where possible and birth position of choice and this comes from the world health organization so you've got organizations like that that are giving you and showing you and reminding you of your rights if you feel that you aren't being treated well in labor and birth don't think oh it's a a dreadful time for everyone so I can't say anything you can and you should because as I mentioned earlier no one goes in to do harm everyone goes in the midwives the doctors they're there for you and 
you may be pleased to know that more and more people are reporting how much more care they're getting because the midwives, etc., and doctors recognise where we are and so are having to really go full on in with the, um, and it sounds like it's something they haven't done before, but they do, but really go full in with the caring and the listening and the supporting. But talk to the head of midwifery. Change your midwife if that's necessary. But, you know, find out what your rights are via birthrights and aims, etc. Maybe think about getting some virtual support from a doula. Some hospitals, some trusts are still allowing doulas to go in alongside the partner. So maybe consider getting a doula. But really, I would start with talking to the head of midwifery and asking your questions. If your post birth now and you had an experience that you really wish you hadn't had you have a long time to put in a complaint and people say oh but Mars I don't like to complain because I don't but actually what the complaints do what the complaints should do is cause a change in practice there are maternity voices panels in each hospital so you can get in touch with them each trust um each MVP should have a Facebook account or a Twitter account so you can search for them and find them and you can ask for advice and support there as to who the right people are to talk to. But you always have choice. You always have choice, even when it feels like you don't. Use, um, you know, there are two fabulous acronyms. The first one is BRAINS. What are the benefits what are the risks? What are the alternatives? What does your instinct say? Um, what happens if you do nothing or you wait for a while? What does the science say? If you're finding that someone is being particularly um, difficult or obstructive, then use the HOT acronym. Hear what the doctor or midwife is advising. For example, so you think I should be induced before 42 weeks? Is that right? Emphasise with their good intent. I know that you want the best for my baby. Affirm your own instinctive preferences. However, I much prefer to wait for the natural onset of labour. Reassure your care providers. Look, if the situation changes in any way, I'll be more than happy to talk things through with you again. Thank your care provider. Thank you so much for the time you've given me today. Everyone, whichever side of, of the conversation they're on, whether it's the birthing person or the healthcare practitioner, everyone wants to be heard and wants to be valued in the things that they're saying. So you have your brains, you have your heart and use those and they will take you much further along this line than you think. And obviously, needless to say, at the moment, everybody, all of these changes that are happening daily, they're happening because, you know, it's for safety reasons, isn't it? It's to keep as many people as safe as possible. Um, I read an, an article in The Guardian this morning and it asked the question, and, I, and I, I'm putting this question to you, um, at what point does advocating for recognition and respect outweigh the risks of exposing others to this virus as non-medical visitors in a hospital 
And I wondered what your take on that is. But dignity and respect is about thinking about the people around you. I mean, I know as a doula that what I've what I've been doing from the beginning is I've been self-isolating, not because I have any symptoms, but because I know I could get called out to support a birth. So I have yeah. to keep myself, um, you know, safe. I think it's hard. I think it's really difficult because our emotions are, I want to be with this person that I love. I want to be able to support someone. And I know that the trusts are working really hard at finding ways to do that. The best way to get a birth partner in with you is for you to go in as late as possible. And this is gonna this has implications. If you decide that you're going to accept an induction, um, then know that your birth partner, if they're allowed in, won't be allowed in until you're in established labor. Mm. So think about that. If if you go in ahead of time it's likely they won't allow someone to come and join you they have to be with you at the time it's very difficult I mean uh, when when all of the uh, the rules started falling in as a doula my first instinct was how dare you people need to be able to have me beside them and then I had to temper that with the well I understand why they're doing this they're doing this because they want to hopefully stem the risk of um, cross-infection, infecting one another, etc. But it doesn't make it easy. And you are allowed to be upset and angry about these things. You just have to find the right place to take that anger and that upset. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the same goes for you. You're allowed to feel have an emotional reaction because a big part of, of why you're good at your job is that emotional connection that you have with people. Absolutely. And, you know... I, I I don't think, oh, I'm never keen on when people say, well, why should maternal choice um, outweigh risk? Um, because everything that we do involves risk. And I don't like the phrasing because it always seems to blame people, the birthing mm-hmm. people, the mothers who want to have safe births. No parent goes in, to hospital to have a baby thinking oh I don't care what happens even if we all die as long as I get my way nobody thinks that and it's and the question is always framed that way so that makes it emotive and it, it's not actually a debate or a discussion it's a prejudgment that's been made and I think everybody deserves respect and dignity when they're birthing everybody yeah yeah. So, Mars, before we wrap up our chat, back to you for a moment. Um, <laughs> My favourite place. What little things have you been doing to help your mental well-being during all of this? Um, <laughs> so I mentor other doulas and I we have a monthly chat and I run a, a virtual coffee morning for doulas and birth workers and um, someone asked me that question and I said some days I have our fuck it days and what I do is I just eat marshmallows covered in chocolate um, <laughs> and then but you know the 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 answer that most people are expecting are well I've taken up yoga and I'm yes. breathing and I'm meditating meditating yeah you know <laughs> and actually sometimes I feel like I've just got so much time to sit and think the thought of meditating and I know meditating isn't about thinking but it just sort of drives me a little bit insane so what I do is I just decided to go with whatever 
today brings. So I might go to bed and think, right, tomorrow I need to check on my online courses, check in on people, make sure everything's going well. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, yeah, I'm not even sure I'm going to get out of bed just yet. And oh, look at that. I'm just going to watch American crime dramas on the TV today. <laughs> and that's what I do to protect my mental health. I just... I just listen to what it is my spirit and soul is saying today. If I feel particularly low, um, I've got different friends that I just reach out to. And mm. I think the best thing that anyone can do for anyone else is just say, listen, if you have a low day or a low moment and you want someone, just call me and I will just listen. So that's how I get through. I've, I've put my listeners in place and my red wine waits me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and my final question, and I think I know the answer to this already, um, is what are you most looking forward to doing when life returns back to some kind of normal? Well, you know, I thought I might just stay in and um, watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to find that grandbaby of mine. I am going to nibble every bit that has grown <laughs> since I last saw him. I might talk to my daughter and her partner, but I am going to squidge that baby and spend the day singing and reading stories and um, seeing what is age appropriate that I can give him that no one else will give him. <laughs> <laughs> what a day that will be. Um, Mars, thank you so much. Where can people find you online if they want to hear more from you? The easiest thing is if you Google my name, Mars Lord, lots of things come up, but you can find me at marslord.co.uk or Abuela Doulas, A-B-U-E-L-A-D-O-U-L-A-S.com, abueladoulas.com. Abuela is simply Spanish for grandmother. Um, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And if you just put in Abuela Doula or Mars Lord, you'll find me really easily. Fantastic. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been lovely. Oh, it's been lovely chatting to you too. Stay safe and well, people. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.